Before we get started with today's show, let me tell you about another great ESPN podcast, Laughter Permitted with Julie Foudy. It kicked off season nine on March 8th with NASA astronaut Nicole Mann while she is actually on the International Space Station. Check out what this astronaut and former Naval Academy soccer player has to say about life in space and how being an athlete helped her spacewalk. That's Laughter Permitted every Wednesday. Listen where you're listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get this podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is Foxworth Friday. Dominique Foxworth, what's going on? Not much, man. It feels like Foxworth Friday, but it don't feel as good as last Foxworth Friday where the people got a double dose. Yes. They had game theory and the right time. Yo, but, hold uh, on. We try to pack it all into this thank, one. Thank you for mentioning that. And we're going to get to talking about a little Aaron Rodgers, a little John Morant, all, you know, all that, all that messy stuff. We get there in a minute. But let me tell you guys what Dominique Fosworth did on Game Theory. The Dominique Fosworth doesn't even realize he did on Game Theory because I keep forgetting to tell Dominique Fosworth that this thing happened. Okay, so sitting on the stage on at uh, doing the interview with Dominique, and you know it's me and Dominique. But Dominique was on fire, boy. Dominique knew he was on TV, man. He was projected. <laughs> he had that fire. Trying to show up for your man. Like I said, he had that fire and Kodo. It's always wild. Like when I have the homies on, but they understand yeah. the moment. Like when I have Roy Wood on, all of a sudden it's like, all right, I've been talking to Roy. Oh, professional TV comedian <laughs> Roy is on. You are selling my show right now, and I love you for that, right? Dominique came in there selling it. We were talking about Lamar Jackson, and we talk about the labor issues and all of that stuff. And Dominique hit him with, you got to understand, this is a monopsony. And, bruh, they told me after the show, because I remember when I was sitting there, I was like, oh, wow, he hit, the, he hit him with the monopsony. I don't know how many people know what these, this means, but I feel you. Dominique, they said you shut the control room down. They was in there <laughs> trying to figure out whether or not they needed to go back, whether or not it was a word. And it was like, oh. but it was a couple people like, uh, like, like the 5%, right? The enlightened 5%, yeah. God's chosen few that were in there that were like, <laughs> nah, it's good. It's a word. And they were, it was, they said it was people in there pulling out the phones, uh, scrambling man. to get to the bottom thought, of what a monopoly was. They thought I just was. mispronounced monopoly? They, they, don't, they, they just weren't sure. Man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and for the people who don't know, the easiest way to explain it, a monopoly is when there are many buyers and one seller. A monopsony mm. is when there are many sellers and one buyer. And in this example, the NFL would be the buyer and all y'all but these football dreams would be the sellers. They weren't ready, dog. They, Dominique, like, they, they, they put in the intro about how you had an NBA for Harvard or whatever. I don't know if they yeah. thought you went to class or not, but they figured <laughs> out that you did. Yeah, it was fun, man. I mean, the, the you got to put a little something in there for everybody. I wanted the nerds <laughs> to feel happy, and I wanted the jokes to hit everybody else, and I also wanted to make everybody feel a little bad. That's, that's, I don't know. I was sitting in the, um, in the green room thinking about what we was going to talk about, and I was like, I I'm going to talk about how these people get on my nerves. <laughs> and actually, the people who get on my nerves is y'all. So I don't know if that played well, but I hope oh, No, no, no. That, that, that's what this show here for. I was glad. Hey, I was glad that you came for what I believed up to that point was our best episode. 
<laughs> yeah, that episode was great. I was watching that in the control room before I went out there. I was like, oh, this is the one. <laughs> Yo, well, what's funny about it is like the vestige of it that I'm dealing with right now. Yeah. That the angry bots. Yeah. And I'm dude, it's all bots. Like that's yeah. the thing. So if you didn't see it, we talked about this on the show with David Dennis, the Kendrick Perkins, JJ Reddick mm-hmm. situation. And my yeah. whole point was, and my point still remains, I just don't understand why you would ever be so sure that white people are not operating with some measure of bias. That's all. Yeah. It don't mean that you all are. It doesn't mean that you all got to prove yourself. But you haven't proven that you're not. And I think that yeah. that is fair and 100% a thing to say. Boy, they trying so hard to come get you, boy. Like, people so mad. I talked about it before. Them people trying to get Brett Favre to sue me. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw you tweet about it. It's wild. Yeah, they just try. I I don't know why it is that everybody feel like they need to try to come at your boy at this moment. And we just over here loving life and living crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to have a show that sustains for a while. I don't know what the future is. And I'm sure you don't yet either. But I know that you made a show that was true or you're making a show at least that's true to which like that last episode that's the type of shit that don't get on tv and that needs to be talked about from the sports stuff so like maybe there's an audience out there maybe there isn't but the fact of the matter is you made some shit that yep. making people mad and that is really good and smart and showing the other side of sports the the business side that um and like the relationships and the challenges like all the stuff that we kind of comb through to make sure that y'all see the scores like that's the stuff that i care about i find interesting yeah. and i was happy to be a part of that episode and be able to add to that um that stew i appreciate that because i tell you every time we do something to feel like it could be on another show that's when we go try to do something else because because yeah. we're not going to be able to do the other show better than mm-hmm. the other people do the other show because that's <laughs> the show point. that they do you know but that being said you guys tune in this week game theory fridays at 11 o'clock eastern on hbo hbo max our guest is uh taylor rooks um and we got a essay on college sports that i think you guys will find very interesting also uh so you guys know um i think this weekend i will have an article in a publication called the new york times oh yeah yeah you writing it or it's about you i'm writing it i'm writing it okay. i write it uh next week i'm gonna be on the morning joe over there uh on oh. msnbc which is gonna be fun i always like going around new white people you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like somebody booked me for that show and some, they think they like me or whatever uh, it is, but it always be so amazing. That first time I go on and start talking and they're like, <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> really? Wow. And some of y'all out here looking at me uh, like, oh, you think you all that like that? No, I'm just telling you, go back and watch the first time I get on with anybody. They be sitting there like, <laughs> oh, oh, and, 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 and. I'm almost reluctant to say, because you never know how these things turn out, but I think I'll be okay. But on Monday, I will not give particulars, but I am dropping in to do a cameo appearance on one of my favorite television shows. Pre-edit, I have a couple of lines. I, I saw you, I was, um, what I see you in? Oh, the uh, best man. Oh, I yeah. saw you in the best man, because, so, I mean, my wife is... Uh, a black woman of a certain age, <laughs> which means we don't miss no best man. <laughs> and so I'm watching it like it's on in the kitchen while we doing stuff. And I walk past like that money on best man. And I know I don't know how active you are on the socials, but my guess is. Yeah, it was a time you, you, when it dropped. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like that's perfect. As, 
perfect advertising for a black man of your age. <laughs> yes, <laughs> being yes. on there like, hey. yes, I wrote my own dialogue by the way. Like I wrote my lot. That was that was my. Yeah, old, you told me that. That was good. That was I, I mean, that would have been better than anything that they would have written for you. Yeah, the best man. I saw the best man in the theater with the first two women I ever fell in love with. Not go. at the same time, it's but. So I'm to say, you was ahead of the game. Yeah, nice it was a very interesting overlap of circumstances as things happen. But, you know, they that's change. A, yeah. But sometimes the movie's still in the theater. Yeah, that's a that's a young man. Yeah, that's fine. That's a young man's um, fantasy thing. Like, I feel like rappers talk about it and guys think like, man, my girl got a girlfriend. Or I got two wives. Or two. That's. Sounds terrible. Oh no, it sounds like the worst. I mean, I mean, <laughs> that, that's miserable. that's the. I got two jobs. I mean, <laughs> like, why you want to work that hard? Just get one good one, <laughs> one good job, <laughs> one good woman, and you're good to go. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. We not, nah. Wouldn't want that. But yeah, check out Game Theory. Eleven o'clock Fridays. HBO. HBO Max. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training. Just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. Um, so, as of this recording, and I'm like a little reluctant to do this because it's possible, as you guys know, we record Fox or Friday on Thursday unless you think we record it at 6 o'clock in the morning and you get it at 6.15. Um, we have to do it the day before. As of yet, the full Jalen Rose, John Morant interview has not been released. However, we have gotten some snippets of it. Uh, first of all, Jalen in that clip came in hot. Whose gun was it? I got to be honest with you. I had not given that a moment of consideration. <laughs> I, I, I hope he told John, like, hey, they say I got to ask you something off the top. Just, just roll. Just roll with it. Just roll with it. Jalen was doing his real journalism thing. Yes. Like, no, they, say, they picked Jalen out. I was like, hey, we got Jalen. He gonna take care of us. Like, nah. Jalen tried to get to the bottom of this <laughs> shit. <laughs> See, Jalen was the right person to talk to if you saw what he said on Countdown that day, yeah, right? Because, like, that. there's room to be critical of John Morant, but also offer a certain measure of sympathy. Now, to me, none of this makes sense, him coming back to play right now. If this is bad enough that you needed to go to some sort of counseling facility and do all this introspection, and you was out here doing all the stuff that they said you did taking a week and learning some breathing exercises, at least from where I sit, does not seem like it's fixing what needs to be fixed. And if something needed to be fixed and it's about stress management, guys, it's about to be the playoffs. I don't feel like things are going to get easier for you. But I sat there and I watched it and it just seemed like they just 
scheduled an interview as soon as they felt like he had memorized that stuff they had put on that card for him to say about, you know, that's that's not the real job. Like, hey, man, if you ain't ready to not talk about yourself in the third person in this interview, I think probably right now is not the time for you to do this. But I felt like they just rushed this dude out here because everybody needs to, the Grizzlies need to get this back on track. I guess the NBA in some measure needs to get this back on track. But I don't, I did not watch that interview and come away from it, A, with any actual, at least from what we've seen so far, any actual insight into him and what was going on or whatever it is. It just seemed like they just try to check the boxes on the PR crisis checklist so that they can get back to business as usual. And if he really has the problems or the issues that they seem to imply that he had, you're not fixing that in a week and a half. It seemed like they were, um, like you said, checking the boxes. Yeah, but they are not looking at the future boxes. They check checking the most immediate boxes and not realizing that the decisions that you make now and the things that you say now and things that you do now are going to have impacts into the future. I think that the most immediate concern for the Grizzly Grizzlies is making the playoffs or whatever, making a run. Most immediate concern for Ja is also that, but getting his money too because like his money is tied up in him making all NBA which probably ain't gonna happen if he don't play the rest of the season those incentives and motivations are are there so obviously we can't climb into his head but there's no way to argue around the fact that this makes it look like they weren't taking this seriously and they just wanted to have something to say like we doing this because your point is is accurate. If you expect us to extend the sympathy to him of or accept the explanation, like, no, nah, it's bigger than just somebody being stupid. It's he got a problem and he need to work on it. Then I'm gonna need you to do at least go away for a little longer. And I know maybe <laughs> it's just a maybe it's just a facade, but I'm gonna if you guys are going to tell us that, then I need to I need the whole thing. I need the whole act. I need you to know more more the words when you come and do your interview. Like maybe you just do some studying, but I need to feel like you done really like you went to school and became a counselor. Like that's what if that's the act you're going to do. And if it's real, then to your point, it feels hard to imagine that the things, the ridiculous thing was actually only one or yeah, it's really to me, it's like one ridiculous thing. And I made this point before in my own podcast about how the two other major things Actually, yeah, the two other major things, the one at the mall and the one with the 17 year old kid. I've been around a lot of football players and I would include myself in this situation. I could imagine something that I was a part of when I was young escalating to the point that something like that happened. If my mom, my mom would never do this, but say a girl I was dating or one of my homeboys called me and was like, they tripping at the mall. I'm going to the mall. And what happens from there with a bunch of dudes, like it could escalate that point. If I'm at a party at my house or playing ball and it's a 17 year old kid who's like, I, I don't know the details of the situation, but like forget that a 17 year old, somebody is being aggressive around me. I could see it for me or my friends escalating to the point where somebody getting roughed up. Like those are things that I could understand. The one where the lasers on the car or on the pacers, nah. But Ja wasn't the one doing that. The one, okay, yeah, mean, we don't, yeah, we don't know, right? The one where after all this happened, <laughs> you went on Instagram Live <laughs> and dangled a baby gun. <laughs> that is when I stopped being critical of Ja and was like, 
something wrong, man. This boy, <laughs> this boy off, right? This and and that's when I stopped being critical, and that's when I was open to accept, like, yeah, let's not let's not be hard on him. Right. Let him go get this work done because that is like I could understand being angry enough to do those other things. I could understand, but what I cannot understand is being arrogant or foolish or high or drunk, like allegedly, I don't know what was going on, but something has to explain or being off, just generally off enough to be like, all right, I'm in turmoil for trying to be too tough. Right. I'm going to go on Instagram live from a strip club and, and show a gun. And that's when I was like, all right, I'm willing to accept whatever you want. And so when they say he going to counseling and he got to go away for a while, I was like, yeah, that probably, yeah, he got to get this addressed. What, what you back in two days? Yeah, well, I mean, look, I think if we had known this detail earlier, that trip to the strip club that we saw was the second time he'd been there in, in like 36 hours or something like that. <laughs> that 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 was the, oh, God. And I don't know who working at that strip club that didn't need the money no more and put that video out there. I ain't never going to Shotgun Willie's. Y'all wildin'. Mm -mm. Like, like I, th I thought the game had rules. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this, oh, this is something else. Like, He's, I did see a clip from the interview where he mentioned something about, uh, I can't remember if I read this or I watched it, where he was like, yeah, I'm going to protect my family, you know, these, you know, all them things is lies, I can't really talk about it, but a lot of that is lies, everybody lying about y'all having guns and doing this stuff, right, all these independent actors, every single one of them is lying, alright, like I'm sure they lied about some of it, but just telling yeah. me it's lies, I need to know which part of it is lies, but a, a, a lot, I would like to know what John Morant looked like in one moment on this, right? And I'm going to give you an example of something else before I bring this back. So I was with somebody the other day and middle-aged dude got a son, like late teens, early 20s, somewhere in there. And somebody asked him, um, is, your, you know, is he in school? And he responded, nah, nah, I got his ass a job up here with me. And the fact that he used the phrase, I got his ass a job with me, told me everything I needed to know about what the last couple years had been like for mm -hmm. him as father with that son. I knew everything just in him saying, yeah, I got his yeah. ass a job up here with me. <laughs> his ass part was completely out of nowhere. Yeah, I got his ass a job up <laughs> All he had to tell us was, no, nah, he's working with me. Nope, 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 uh, nope. Like, okay, we're you, all, yeah. we're all. You know how people say pictures say a thousand words. Yeah. Like the the tone in those couple of words. Yes. Like, man, I done concocted a whole sixteen years <laughs> of this man's life. But anyway, yes, ahead. we got that. So, with that in mind, when John Morant picked up that phone call or looked at his phone and saw Mama on the screen, and he picked it up, and she said, "Hey." They up here at finish line tripping. Was John Morant like, oh, yeah? Not for long. Got on his horse, went down <laughs> to the finish line, made it happen. Or when she called up, Ja, they had finish line tripping. He was like, all right, yeah, 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 I'm on. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, 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 I'll be there. Right. I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah, 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 right. you got it. You got it. That'll tell us everything we need to know right there about the dynamic of this situation. Just how eager was he to make the right. finish line run? Now, if we are to assume that the teenage fighting story has some legitimacy to it, I imagine that when it was time to go to the finish line, he was on that horse. He was ready. He'd wake up every day 
waiting for something like this because you don't call every kinfolk a cousin or whatever in them situations. You call the one that you know is ready for action. Now, I feel like, Ja, if you're going to have your, your boys around all the time, then your mama need to look at them like family. You know what I'm saying? Which is to say, one of them knuckleheads need to be the one whose job it is to come up here. And that, that, that one that can't come to the arena no more, that guy. I don't know what happened at the finish line, but we extend Ja a, a lot of leeway because of his age. I don't know how old his mom is, but I feel like being critical of anybody in that situation, again, I don't know what happened. There are some things that could have happened that, all right, somebody got to come up here and take care of this. But honestly, most of the things that take place in the mall is like not at that level. And I grew up, I think I mentioned this with you before, like my mom was the one who even the slightest thing that felt like a little bit of disrespect. <laughs> like we, I, I remember her going off on somebody because they put her change on the counter. <laughs> it was like, she felt like that was disrespect. And if you, and like, if you in line to buy something at the mall, she won't approach the counter until you acknowledge her and like invite her to the counter. So like just, and like, look at her, look up and look at my eyes. Like these type of things. These are minor things where I'm an eight, nine, 10 year old kid, like kind of embarrassed. Like, come on, mom. Like, nah, no, they not. Like, they, they don't mean it. This is like whatever. But I do know one thing. She would never, ever, ever, ever call me or my brother or anybody else to handle that. She going to tell these people off. If it happens to escalate to somewhere where it's physical, not that it ever has, she going to handle it. But so the idea that you are going to call and put your son in that situation, and I'm not even putting in the fact that your son's John Morant, your son at any point, like, why would you do that to your son? And again, I don't know what happened. If somebody pushed you or something or somebody like swung on you, that's a different story. Yep. But my guess is it's like reg regular run of the mill. These people work at finish line, <laughs> so they're not always in a good mood yeah. and they probably didn't treat her with the respect that she thought she deserved. And the thing is, John got to go. Yeah, you right, can't right, right. Like, 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 I forget who I was talking to about this, but they made a great point. It might have been Vinny. We made a great point, which was as much as Jayla made that point that once you get the money, you now the head of the family. Mm -hmm. At the same time, when your mama say come, you still got to come. Like that part is never going to change. Like your mama can't be like, hey, they tripping that finish line. You'd be like, so what you about to do? That's not that's not, imagine, that's not working. I imagine she was I imagine she was hyped up. And that's my point about how I could understand this happening to me. If my mom called me, yeah, you there. It's like, oh my God, what these these this I'm gone. Like drop a pin, mama. Yep, that's it. Like there's no <laughs> other option, right? Again, the only question yeah. is whether it's all right, I'm coming to all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I heard yeah, you. I heard, like, you. I heard you. I heard you. Again. Yeah, yeah, I heard you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You good? Yeah, don't, don't, don't say no. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't say no more. Don't say no more. Because all of this is a corollary to, you know what? I'ma call my man. Oh, damn. <laughs> Serious. Hey, so I could. I'm sure the statute of limitations is up on this. I had. I can tell you this story from when I was in Denver. Uh, we was going over some some uh girls houses or women's houses it was a few like apartment me and a couple teammates and one of the coach's sons actually was with us we went over there we like talked to the girls and not all the girls are single not all the girls are interested in us but we like whatever it's just out hanging out uh, about to go out and so one of them is like tired of us wants us to leave 
Most of them don't want us to leave. One of them wants us to leave. So a couple of the guys are mad, like chill, because like you're making progress with some of them. <laughs> and I, I at this point in my life, I didn't start drinking until I was 35. So at this point in my, my my life, I'm sober as shit. Like, okay, this escalating. They yelling for us to leave, and I'm and y'all don't want to leave. We a bunch of black football players in Denver, Colorado. Time it's time to go. So of course I can't corral everybody quickly enough, but. She getting mad and then she like, all right, I'm calling my man, call my man, blah, blah, blah. And ain't nobody really scared because it's like, we, yeah. And so eventually we get everybody out to the car and to the cars and we're pulling out of the parking apartment, parking garage, a pickup truck pulls uh, in and blocks us into the garage. Couple uh dudes hop out and like, and start talking, shit, blah, blah, blah. And so pickup trucks have the rack on the back. And I can see through the glass, like through their windshield, the rack on the back. I'm like, nah, because it's two of them and they regular sized dudes. It's like four of us and we football players. And so like, ain't nobody scared, but I see the rack in the back and I'm like, nah, we ain't doing this. And so I step to the front like, oh, my bad. I apologize. I got everything under control. And everybody else is like, man, who they think they are? They going to do like I said. I'm like, look, man, I'm sorry. Let's get out of it. And we get out of that situation just fine. But that's what I'm thinking about yeah. when I say I see how this stuff could escalate because I could have been the one that was in there that's like, because if he just started shooting or if Yo. they just started fighting, I'm fighting too. Let me tell you. I don't have a choice. See, y'all was thinking different about that situation that you outlined than I was, right? Because as soon as she was like, I'm going to call my man, I'd have been like, we are all out of here. And the yeah. reason why is, as big as y'all are, she only is calling her man. She don't think her man know kung fu. That, that yeah. He, he got to have an equalizer of some form of fashion if he going to come over here by himself and clear out uh, the spot. And it sounds to me as though that room, it was the Raiders away jerseys, not the Raiders home jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm yep. out. I'm Absolutely. out. I'm out. Absolutely. I'm out. Like there was, I, there was I, enough contest that, clues there. That was enough for me. Yeah. It was not the home jerseys. It <laughs> yep. was the away yes all the way away colorado away <laughs> yes Jersey. that's what i'm saying you notice i did you notice i didn't say denver nah, you, we it, was in colorado and you said the rack in the back everything right yeah. there rack in the back e yeah, everything so added up now nah, there's nothing quite like when a woman in a circumstance is saying something that is gonna turn it into a thing for you right Last year, I was thinking about this. I forgot you played a year with Tlaib. But don't forget about that time that Tlaib's sister allegedly called him and him and his mama allegedly had to shoot out yeah. with the dude. That's, the, that's maybe the wildest NFL story. That, of all the Tlaib stories, Tlaib and his mama having a shootout where Tlaib had to start shooting because his mama gun jammed is like the wildest thing. But I was telling this story yesterday. I had gone out one night like 20 years ago. I'm in L.A. I'm with one of my homies. And we catch up with this woman. And she's like, all right, y'all trying to kick it. We like cool. And it's one of the wild nights where we rolled with some people, but we wound up with her. And she's like, I'll take you home. But didn't remember she said that. So the morning got really awkward where I'm like, yo, our 15 minute drive. But you said like, otherwise, why you think we still here? Right. So anyway, we roll with her. And again, this L.A. And I wound up telling this story because we were having a discussion in the office about whether or not baby boy was good or not. And I was like, this is a very baby boy situation that I wound up in. So it's me and my man. We walk up in this, I guess, hood spot. You know, L.A. weird like that, right? Like once, the, once it gets dark, you, you can't really tell. I mean, daytime, it's even harder, but it was fairly hoodish. And we get in there and there's a bunch of people in the house and we both come in with this girl 
and these dudes are there. And we're like, oh, yeah, what's going on with y'all? We dab them up or whatever. She got a couple homegirls that are there. And she take the two homegirls and they go in some other room and we just making conversation, you know, with the dudes that's there. We don't know nothing about what's happening here. And then out of nowhere, I hear from the other room, girl, they better looking than these dudes y'all here with. And I'm like, could you please lower your voice? <laughs> I am now in a situation where I feel as though I might have to, like, like <laughs> could you please lower your voice? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I'm sure what I have to do. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure these gentlemen are very secure in who they are, but I don't think that they appreciate hearing what you just said. Like, why did you? Why did you? And it's like, oh man, is this gonna turn into a thing for somebody I don't even know? Like, she was just trying. She was just trying to get her uh get her a wingman. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's just trying to get somebody to roll out and kick it with us. That's rough, man. I did my twenties, man. That was I'm thinking of a bunch of other stories, but we can't turn this into just all oh, no. story time. I'm happy. I'm happy I'm here. Yes. That's all. I'm happy I'm here and I'm with who I'm with. Because the, the, the coach's son ended up uh having a baby with one oh. of the girls there that night. Oh. So they, they connected oh. forever. Oh, see, like that's why this podcast needs to exist. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> there's no other place in sports that we can safely make no. these perfectly logical transitions. Like, we wind up in some far-flung places, but it really always makes sense. It's never just like, oh, I'm throwing this thing out there. No, nah, there's other elements that come in here, and you got to remember that. Poor Jabba Red. His mama called. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, this is where we started. Like, this is more context than anybody other than John Moran is going to give to this story. Yes, right there. Like, that is a very important detail. When your mama say roll up, you really kind of got to roll up. And you can tell, again, everything about the situation by the energy that you got when you get out the car. And that's why I figured John was excited. Well, if you get out and be like, hey, mama, hey, hey, everybody, how you doing? Um, I'm John. What's yep. up? No, yeah. I just wanted to. So what's going on? Or you put on the side and be like. Hey man, I just need y'all. It's my mom. I just need y'all. To let me know what's happening here. That's all. Exactly. Okay. No, 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 no. It's cool. It's cool. All right. You got it. All right. Cool. Thank you. Come here. Yeah, I talk to him. Let's go. Yep. So you, it's like when you see a uh, a basketball fight. I think the Bucks got in one a couple nights ago, and where your back is facing tells you a lot. And I imagine that how I would have showed up at that place is. I'm turning my back to the finish line employees and the security guard, and I'm looking chest to mama, and we backing up like, all right, all right, like, I'm gonna take you over here, you take that, and I'm gonna separate, create some distance. So I'm going in with a strategy. Yes. First, I'm gonna create some distance. I'm gonna get mama to the car. Then I'm gonna go back and have a calm conversation with the finish line employees and the security guards, and then come back to Whoa. mama. Like, man, I got, I got them motherfuckers. my next question is how far he live from the mall because i feel like if it take you 15 minutes to get to the mall from the house it's too late it's already too late if it's if it's really something that i need to show up for it's already too late by the way speaking of the grizzlies did you see what desmond bain did to uh kevin love yesterday Mm-mm. Oh, he, I think it was yesterday. He hit him in the, uh, what they call him, the solar plexus. Uh, uh, Unnecessarily coming around on a screen. Hit him with the, and some Memphis people got mad because the clip of me and David Dennis talking about how we all loved the Grizzlies last year and now we're really right. kind of sick of them. Went around and of course, a lot of Memphis got angry and I'm going to be real with y'all. Angry Memphis is not what I want. 
I already had yeah. DJ Vlad misrepresent what I was saying about Young Dolph. And then now this. I would like to come to your city for a playoff game because it looks like it's fun. However, I mean, cash just be rolling up with guns at finish line. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't allegedly. <laughs> so I don't know if, you know, like let's 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 get some peace on this or whatever. But I am telling you guys right now, you got Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain yeah. is out here um as as a meat slugger. We have we got no like this is this is inappropriate behavior that you guys are engaging in. Their head coach needs to get a, get a little less Taylor and a little more Jenkins and get in there and lay down the law. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no more ironic name than Taylor Jenkins. Like that's a version uh. of how Jacques Vaud is from California, but Tony Parker is from France. Taylor <laughs> Jenkins, you be trying to figure out which is which. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought that you were talking about Dylan Brooks because that's a Dylan Brooks style behavior yes. where you're talking about Desmond Bain. I was like, Oh, he must've meant Dylan Brooks. No, it was that's right, what I'm I saying. I, I didn't yeah. think that was part of his character. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I had to get real. Like the New York dudes love to say that. Yo, I, I didn't think, I thought your character was stronger than that. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I thought, I thought he had a different character. You picking it up. You, you fit right in. Like, I feel like, yeah, you need a backpack. Yeah. A puffer, you good to go. <laughs> Yo, I'm so like living the like the privileged life that you know, you know your career kind of dictates your directions. I don't even know mm. what they be wearing like that no more. Like I live in Harlem and all of that. I don't even know what the streets yeah. is wearing. Uh-uh. Yeah, you don't you don't be standing outside. Nope. <laughs> don't, be, don't be walking too far from the door to the car, and that's about. Well, it. I'll also tell you this about New York. They definitely engineered a widespread take your ass inside campaign. Like when I used to come mm-hmm. here 20 something years ago and stuff like that, like the we just be outside. They've ar- they don't be outside the projects at all. Like they told them y'all got to stay inside. But cats don't really just be outside in New York like it used to be. Like when I got to college, I, them New York dudes would just always be outside. And we we Southerners couldn't understand why. I, I don't. I, that's a good point. So like I lived in New York for a year and I go to New York once a week during the football season. And like I know where all the projects were in Harlem because I lived uh, uh, by Columbia and I worked in Harlem. So I walked through all the projects on the way over. And no matter what time, because sometimes you work late at night, I, no matter what time, the projects was calm. It's the same thing. And like I um, when I get to down by the seaport, like I'll go out, get something to eat. Grab a slice of pizza late at night. It's 10, 11 o'clock or something like that. Projects be calm. I never even considered it. It's like they don't. They ain't out there. They must just be coming by picking people up for long enough where they was like, all right, we just, we better all staying inside. It ain't even that cold. I tell you this, though. I still think rules is rules. And I say that because one day I was leaving work and a good friend of mine, his uh, daughter was in a school play. And. Mm that friend like me you know we got very similar sensibilities and we see the value of putting your kids in public school you know mm-hmm. like you gotta you gotta know more about the world than just people that's like you right public school gives you that opportunity and so i caught the train from work to go to this school now you people with some familiarity of new york i will give you the details that may help you the train stop for work is the fulton street station and at the Fulton Street Station, you can basically get all the trains that go uptown in the city. Yep. And so I caught catching from work. I have to go get on the six. And I have to get on the six because my destination is at 103 or somewhere in Lexington. I think it was, no, it was one block over. Either way it goes. I remember I put it into Google Maps. 
And I was like, this is really weird. It's telling me it's on 103rd Street, but there's this curve in the walk. Like, I don't understand how, like, 103rd Street curves around. It curves around because what the Google Maps was telling me to do was to cut it through the jacks. And I had a real dilemma because, like, walking around the projects is adding a lot of blocks to your walk. However, yeah. I don't really have an answer for what I'm doing here. Just, just cutting across the yard, which is basically what you're doing. You're just cutting it through the projects. But it was daylight, and I just had to do it. And I did it, yeah. and wasn't nobody outside. Like, that's the thing, man. Yeah. Ain't nobody outside. I mean, I, I had to go to the Bronx a couple times, and it was a little bit more uh, the old New York, but most of New York ain't really ain't really like that. And the public school point that you made is is a good one, but it's not always accurate. Cause my local public school, where we at right oh, now? Oh no 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 no! They won't they won't get no slice of life. Oh no no no! I get you, but <laughs> New York. But, is... but yeah, in this case, like I said, yeah, she was in public school on hundred something Lex. Uh, it was a different slice of life, absolutely. In this uh particular case now you're right about that see i think my public school experience is colored by the fact that i went to a school where everybody in that town went yeah so then you do get that slice you know what i mean i think most of the place most times it's true but i mean this this could veer off into a whole nother conversation about capitalism and uh and race and society and all that stuff because it would be nice if schools had all slices of life, but yeah. some people would would rather fill up the pool than swim. Yeah, in. but that's the yeah, like Texas is that different public school game. It's the we are all going to move into this place and form our own school district yeah. that you can't move into. So now we ain't got essentially a private yeah, school. We ain't got no apartments over here. Like mm-hmm. Drew Brees, that Austin Westlake High School that he went to, that's one of those. Um, Highland Park in Dallas, I think, is one of those. That's where Matthew Stafford and Clayton Kershaw are from. It's one of those where they're like, "Yo, we gonna go get our own thing cracking." They got him in Houston, like that's a whole thing. But they're like, "Nah, nah, nah." Government should do this, but but for us, for us. Yeah. dude, goddamn state just came in taking over Houston public schools. Damn, I didn't know that. That just happened. I think yesterday. I was like, whoa. That's the as I get older, I realize like so many and I mean you've been on this for a while of like the loss of faith in institutions mm-hmm. and and frankly some just institutions aren't as aren't what they seem. But there's so many things that you just assume and I think when we talk about sports, people do this often with the NFL, is like it's the NFL. And the NFL doesn't have opinions or personality or ideas, but you fail to fail to understand that all institutions are made up by, by people and the and the decisions that the institutions are making, or at least the organizations that make up an institution are making are being made by people and people with disproportionate amounts of information and access and power and control. And so then at the end of the day, when life is unfair for certain groups of people, they're like, no, nah, that's just how it's set up. You set it up. <laughs> you set it up. And like when I'm a kid, I'm young. I'm not thinking that. It's just like, oh, no, 
this is the state. This is the city. This is the school district. No, you set it up. You funded it. You made the decisions. You elected the people. You voted for the people. You funded the campaigns to make all the decisions that advantage you. And then when other when certain people can't access certain things and can't get to certain places, we look at you look at them and then we all look at them. And the craziest thing about it is we look at each other like, man, you just ain't working hard enough. Not just poor people, like anybody who ain't having the success that they want in their life. We look at them and say, man, you just got to work harder. And who does that benefit? The same people who set this shit up from the top. Because we all looking at each other like, just grind. You got to grind. Everybody got to grind if you want to make something of yourself. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm sorry. You good. You good. Uh <laughs> I want to write fast because I talked about this a lot with David Dennis. And I'm asking you this because we got like five minutes left. How good is Aaron Rodgers still? Yeah. Um, better than any other option the Jets have. <laughs> and that's the what it comes to. Well, I get to. it so, for that on that level. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he's probably top half of the league. Absolutely. Maybe top third of the league. Probably. I think we have to understand also like how interdependent the game is and specifically that opinion or that position is because I thought Tom Brady was done when he went to Tampa before he went to Tampa. But then he got down there with a perfect offensive line, outstanding receivers and maybe the best defense in football. And all of a sudden he's as good as anybody in football again. So I think the same Aaron Rodgers is probably at a similar point where He's good enough to be amongst the best in the game if everything around him is just right, which is, I mean, that's, uh, there are lots of quarterbacks that if everything around them is just right, they might give you average. And so I think he's a guy who, if everything around him is just right, he could give you MVP level play. If everything around him is mediocre, he might make y'all good. If everything around him is bad, y'all gonna stink. So uh, I think as they get older, they're much more context dependent. And so I think that's the way I would assess it. And it seems like everything around them right now, the problem is the offensive line. They got the playmakers. They need some answers at tackle. If they can protect him, I think he, he could ball out. But that's a big if. Tackles are hard to find. Healthy, young, talented tackles are hard to find. That's the, another thing about the Bucks tom Brady experience that gets left out is how healthy they were. When he was balling, they were largely healthy. People start getting hurt. Stuff start looking right. One last, last thing. Are the Panthers going to be able to talk themselves into taking Anthony Richardson? Or are they going to talk? Like, I'm very curious to see who they talk themselves into taking. Because Stroud seems like the the safest of all of these picks. Right. Safe ain't the way to go. I mean, I think that's the... Uh, I, I don't understand trading for safe. Like, you can get safe later in the draft. Um, I guess Stroud, and I'm not even sure that that's true, honestly, is I guess he's big, bigger and good enough at quarterback play, but he only showed us that Georgia game to get excited about, like to get really excited about. That's all he showed us, which was a great game against a great defense, so that could be enough. But I'm not so sure that Anthony Richardson isn't a little bit safer. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm going I'm going hot takes right now. We're going hot takes to end the show. The ability to run the ball effectively gives you a, a high floor. The ability to run the ball beyond exceptionally, 
that means you good without even throwing it. Like that's Lamar Jackson territory. And that's um, potentially Justin Fields territory. So uh, I think the most important thing about developing quarterbacks is having time to develop the quarterbacks in order to give them time. You need one of two things, or maybe both these things. You need a, a great team around them or the ability to run some way to simplify one, one special trait that simplifies the game for them. And so that they can have the time that it takes to develop because everyone needs that time to develop. And Anthony Richardson is a great athlete. And if you can build something around him that takes the pressure off him elsewhere, that might be able to buy you the time to develop everything else. The problem is accuracy. Can you teach accuracy? We've seen it happen once. Yeah. Now, the thing with him is accuracy seems to be a mechanical cleanup. And yeah. that can be done. I think uh, I, I, I didn't say it would. Yeah, it can <laughs> right. be done. Um, the thing that gets me with Richardson is it's a lot harder to teach that keep your eyes up and process the field stuff. I would feel yeah. better about my ability to try to get his feet right than the other stuff. Right. I also, as I've said this from the very beginning, we ain't even giving that boy a number Mm-mm. for year one. Yep. Like, damn, only we only got jerseys and small. Damn. I guess we just That's- not going to be able to give you one. That's part of the problem with um, I, I like the I understand that people want to win in the rookie deal with the quarterback, but you you put a lot of pressure on him. And you put him on the clock yeah. immediately when you're doing that, because every year that he doesn't play every down that he doesn't play, you're wasting time. But, yeah, I think you're right. The same thing about the fixing his footwork is the same um, problem with keeping his eyes in the right place is all that shit is cute. On the practice field. <laughs> but we all, uh, like one of my homeboys, one of my homeboys from college, the white dude, but like always around black guys, got all the slang, or all cool, whatever. But when he got mad, oh, them fricks started coming out. All all the like, and that's the same thing. It's like kind of the, the true essence. When them live bullets start flying, that footwork that you was practicing? Nah, I don't know. That eyes down field business? I don't know. Sometimes you just panic and you become your true self. Yeah. Like, hey, nothing to say, but a year of mechanics cleaned up. Patrick Mahomes yep. became our guy. We will see. But that is Dominique Fosworth. Check him out on Get Up. Check him out on Anscape. Check him out here and there. First take, debatable, all over the place. And, of course, the Dominique Fosworth Show. Listen where you are listening to this podcast. My man, I greatly appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. All right, now, and ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. We do this three times a week. Parker Owens, Adi Khan, and Dan Stancic handling things behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, hit the voicemail line, 860-516-4119. Tell us about that time somebody in your life called you up to come fix a situation and how you had to resolve it. 860-516-4119. Remember, follow the right time. Rate us. Review us. Give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater, and we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.